As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show presented by Sling. It is a big newsy night. Bo Nix is coming back to Oregon. Washington's two top pass rushers are coming back for next year. We may as well just stay in the Pac-12 and talk Dion because we've got David Ubbin on who just wrote a big Dion story. And, and it, I, I was going to go into to a discussion of the, the early bowls, and there were some really good ones. Frank Gore Jr. especially uh, breaking the all-time bowl rushing record, then waving off Auntie in the postgame. And- Frank Gore Jr.? Heisman sleeper? Oh, yeah. For next year? Absolutely. I'm, I may or may not be writing a, a mailbag this week, and he may or may not have made my list. That's that's a good one. My favorite tweet about the Frank Gore stuff was, somebody tweeted, does anybody have any good NFL comps? <laughs> <laughs> that's tremendous. It was, I, I don't know about you guys. I felt like this was a really good opening bowl weekend like bahamas bowl was fun the curable was what we thought it was going to be like two pretty good defenses playing against each other and an exciting game also Uh, is it true that that's the only bowl that pairs two conference champions it is it is it's wild they were they were they were were talking about that during the broadcast and i didn't have i didn't have the time or i didn't care enough to fact check it but i was like i mean I guess so, but I, ha- I didn't really look at it. But props to the Cure Bowl. Yeah, because you usually think that one of the playoff ones would at one least. One would think. Right, and, and the national <laughs> championship game still could, So, yes. and, and we think it will. But, yeah, that that's that was pretty funny the way that worked out. But And then uh, then you had the awkwardness bowl in at Fenway Park, which Ari Vegas knew. Like, you and I were like, well, I, I mean, Cincinnati has more guys playing, and, and Evan Prater's going to play. In. And no, no. Oh, yeah. You know, the thing about the the bowl season is that, you know, and I think that you could make the case, too, with the opt-outs and all the stuff that, you know, in the transfer portal. Like, if your favorite thing about college football is the absurdity of it and the grab-assery of it, like, (laughs) I just feel like the bowl season with new players, like Evan Prater playing, I thought was awesome. Like, just getting Mm -hmm. to get your eyes on him, you know? Well, I mean, we got to see him some this year. It's the No, I know, but, like, getting a full game of him. Like, the magnification of the grab-ass. (laughs) <laughs> during bowl season is but, the charm of it. Like I know everybody hates opt-outs and they certainly hate them when it comes to bigger bowls towards the end of December yeah. and into January. But like the opt-outs in these bowls bring them on. Them like, wild. I'm like into it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I will say I didn't like the opt-outs, but but can we can we and let me put you guys in in your in your shoes. Okay. You're a 19 year old, 20 year old college athlete. You qualify for a bowl game. You have a great season. Maybe you play for Louisville. Maybe you play for Cincinnati. And someone says, where are we going for our bowl game? And they say, you're Boston. going to Boston, and you get to play outside. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. How, how furious are you at that point? Yeah, cue, cue the dropkick Murphys, and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, is there is something kind of cool freeze? about playing a game in Fenway is there, Park, Ari, though, right? What, if, I don't what know. if you, like me, don't give a crap about baseball? Ari, there was a game in the Bahamas – and there yeah. was a game at Fenway Park. Which game do you want to play? In? I've been to Fenway Park one time, uh, and it was for the ALCS. And I can't remember; it was five, six <laughs> years ago. And we bought tickets for five hundred apiece outside of the stadium because it was like a, a big. I think they were even playing the Yankees. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but we drank all day. 
and I passed out in my seats that were like on the third baseline, five <laughs> seats up in the second inning. This is an extremely Ari story for the Ari's like getting killed by a foul I ball. Hammered, and I passed out. And I woke up in the eighth inning, and it was 0-0. And I was like, let's go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I missed nothing. Let's roll. Yeah. All right, how many, how many Bo Sox fans do you think are on the, the Louisville and Cincinnati rosters? If you had to put the Vegas over-under at .5. I just, I don't know. Like, baseball is not football, so, you know, probably. But here's the thing. If you're a baseball fan, you'd want to go to a game in June. You don't want to play your bowl game at Fenway. Get Please send me to send me to Tampa or something. The Bahamas. Again. Would you rather play in Fenway Park or in Ford Field? Uh, like what about well, Ford like Field's warmer. Going to Detroit. I don't how know. about how about we just ban both... all bowl games north of the Mason Dixon? Yeah. How about we do that? I, mean, I don't know. Like I would rather <laughs> send play me to Frisco. Fenway. I'll take I mean, Frisco over to, Boston. Goodness gracious! Well, do something athletically in that stadium. Like it's a thing that you can remember for the rest of your life. At least you get. It's better than like all the other random bowls with random sponsors in cold places. So, so you're saying the Myrtle Beach Bowl does not do it for you the way that the, the Fenway Bowl? <laughs> I'm not I, saying I that I would that. prefer to play in Fenway over. Myrtle Beach, or let's say the Bahamas. I'm just mm-hmm. saying it's not the bottom of the rock. Right. Plus, if you go, there is a there is a complete lack of airbrush technology outside of Fenway Park. Where if you go to Myrtle Beach, I mean that's exactly. 40, that's 40 percent of the local economy. You can, you, can, you can get that license plate back exactly. there, that touch of class license plate. Yeah, they'll put it on a T-shirt for is you too. You, is that where you got that? No, I ordered it off Amazon, but it was probably <laughs> it was probably designed in Myrtle Beach. Is that Andy? Is that a Randy Staples original? I think it does. No, so, doesn't well, no. So here's the thing: for if, if you're listening on the podcast and you can't see the video stream, I have a a an airbrushed black front license plate that has a a rose on it, and it says "Touch of Class" in cursive. And if you grew up in a certain part of the South, specifically like South Carolina, Georgia, like. You've seen these. They're on the front of your grandmother's Buick. And it was certainly on the front of my grandmother's. Well, my <laughs> grandmother's Oldsmobile, actually. So you've seen these. And yes, you can buy them at Myrtle Beach. <laughs> what does it mean? Explain it to me. Because I to the, to the, I've never asked you about it's it, but cla- I have no it's, idea. It's what it's for itself, Ari. It's <laughs> yeah, Ari don't, don't read too much into Ari, it. It's, Ari, it's I, just, I can't tell you how little irony is involved in this place. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just that extra touch of but class. But this is something that people in the South are like familiar with when they see it. They're like, when oh, wow, are, I see that all the time. No, you don't now, but in the, in the 1980s, you would see it on like a 1981 Oldsmobile 88. And it's these people being, saying that they're, being driven, they're driving Being driven by a 76-year-old woman. Not so much like the car, but pile like, of cigarettes in the it's, ashtray. Ari, it's like the antithesis of truck nuts, basically. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I sometimes feel like I'm, I'm 35. You know, I've lived a pretty well-balanced life. I've traveled. I've, I've seen things. I've been to Fenway. Kind of. <laughs> but have you been to Conway? Oh, yeah, by the right. way, speaking of uh, Fenway, uh, the fattest thing I ever did was at Fenway, and it just, I just reminded myself of it. What uh, was that? I don't know if it was the fattest, and I might go, like, I'm just, I was, like, starving. And in Fenway Park, unlike any other ballpark I've ever been to, like, you can grab your food, like, in the line, you can grab it, right? Because it's, That's like, out. ass right there. You, no, but it's, like, out, you grab it, and then you pay for it after. I just grabbed a hot dog. Oh, and the honor system. I love it. <laughs> it was an honor have, system scenario, and I jacked the bratwurst. I have sat in the all-you-can-eat seats at Dodger Stadium back oh. in the day. But the problem is that they they really – it's the dregs of the – the food is bad. That's it's all why Dodger it's all-you-can-eat. Well, it's like it's like lukewarm Dodger dogs and like gelatinous nacho cheese. Ooh. It was a fun experience to say that I've done it, but it was not a positive experience at the time. I had a modest, I would say, I ate six hot dogs, had a bunch of drinks. Like, it was fine. <laughs> well, I I think the Myrtle Beach Bowl will be a better experience for everyone. We all have to just go to time. Myrtle Beach as a squad and just really airbrush you know. 50, 50 yard logo. Who says no? I don't know that Tim Beck's going to be as much fun as Jamie Chadwell was at Coastal. That's that's the part I worry about. Yeah, that's probably about right. <laughs> little 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 worried about how fast they went. You guys with that see one. that uh, Justin Flo just committed to Arizona a little bit ago? How about that? There you go. What's that? Is that the? Sign? They also got a. They also got a. <laughs> they also got a Georgia offensive lineman, a four, former four star, who uh, the only picture anybody has of him is wearing number forty five. So, the cupboard is filling. 
Jay Fish is doing a great job. I feel like we're talking a lot about the Pac-12 uh, while we're talking. I about wanted the to Pac-12. toss it in there while we're on the Pac-12. <laughs> well, we're going to stay on the Pac-12 for a little bit, Ari. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, before we get into the meat of the discussion with David about Dion. I, I want to congratulate the Oregon State Beavers on destroying my alma mater in the Vegas Bowl. I want to congratulate Pat McAfee on making that slightly watchable by repeatedly <laughs> just invoking. It's the Vegas Bowl. Like, like that is the Super Bowl. Like, it is that important. I well, just, listen. You know, unironically I, saying that over and over and over. What happened? Does Florida uh, just not care? Uh, the combination of not care, didn't have guys, yeah, aren't that all, good of a team. All of the above. All of the above. I will say, listen, all three of us were in Vegas recently. Unfortunately, Ari and I did not get to cross paths. But at one point in the trip, uh, our colleague, Nicole Auerbach, introduced me to a beverage that comes, oh, with this, yes. that comes with a Szechuan flower it's the that verbena, makes your mouth the verbena at the Cosmo in the, in the chandelier yes, bar. Yes, in the chandelier yes. bar. Uh, I indulged in this, and I told her, I said, listen, we are in Vegas for this week. If there's any novelty, I'm embracing it. And listen, Pat McAfee clearly embraced the novelty of Vegas. It's a once in a... It's a one of a kind place. You think that's the novelty of Vegas? Well, listen, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of novelty. In, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of novelty in Vegas, but novelty comes in many things. Sorry, foot long uh, hot dog for two ninety nine, about a half mile up the strip. If you miss out on it, <laughs> I think the the nice little rose for seventeen ninety nine. Novelty comes in many things. Listen, I've never had a drink that came with the flower that set my mouth on fire and changed the flavor of what I was drinking. I had not, I did not know this existed. It does, it does from, make you taste colors once it you was chew that weird. flower. I went yeah. from not knowing this thing existed to consuming it in about 15 minutes, and it was a very positive experience. How long and did I think you Pat chew McAfee, the flower? Because you're supposed to chew it for like 30 us, to 60 seconds. Yeah, they told us 20 seconds. I, I, they told us 20 to 30 seconds. I, I did about that. It, it was more, it did not change the, the flavor of the drink as much as I thought it would, but the, the feeling and the, they call it tingling, it was on the edge of pain. It was a lot more intense than I thought it was. I was not, I was it's, not prepared for that. It was like, it was like button, uh, which is not to be confused with this. And, and tossing not, a little soda down the gullet. There you go. Time, you yeah, that, I mean? but that that'll make your head explode. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. but but yeah, no, the Szechuan button, not, not to be confused with the Szechuan pepper, but a very similar mouthfeel, very similar mm-hmm. effect. So I enjoyed it. Was, it. It was very interesting. Yeah, All right. Well, let, after we get off the, the podcast here, Dave, I'm going to send you a list of the best 20 novelties of Las Vegas. <laughs> the ones that won't get me canceled on this podcast. And then 30 minutes, later, I'm gonna, 30 minutes later, I'm going to report Ari to HR, and this will be the last exactly. episode. You know those cards they slap on the strip? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andy, where are we going All right. next? We're going, we're going to Boulder. Well, we're going to Boulder by way of Jackson, by way of Atlanta. So – Deion Sanders' Jackson State tenure ended with a loss in the Celebration Bowl. That, that Very one entertaining game. Poor guy dropping the pass in overtime. He's he's never living that down. We will, uh, we will decline from identifying his demographics, but it was a tough drop and a tough situation. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, David. Maybe <laughs> I think you can say it. I can't say that. So We'll just say it was, it was a moment. If you're going to that... be that guy, don't drop that pass. It's, it's true. That's all I, I can did, say. The, the clip of Dion consoling him in the locker room after the game did go somewhat viral on on, uh, on Sunday. It was interesting. It was interesting to see, which will so tap let, into let, something what we're talking about. Let's talk, Dion, though, because you, you did a story <laughs> where you talked to a bunch of people around the program at Jackson State mm-hmm. to go inside what Dion's program looked like at Jackson State to give people an idea of what Dion's program at Colorado might look like. And it, it's a really good story. If you haven't read it on The Athletic, I, I recommend everybody read it. But David, for, for those who are just listening right now, give us a little little taste of it. Well, I think there's this idea because Dion did not come up in a traditional way. He doesn't have the so-called coaching mentors. He wasn't a running backs coach and then a coordinator and then got a job. He coached a little bit in high school in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, was an OC at a small private school. There was the prime prep saga, all that stuff, and then – he was the head coach of Jackson State. And I think there's this belief that, well, he doesn't he hasn't paid his dues. He doesn't know what he's doing. His program, you know, he just brings these kids in and they just roll the ball out there and they just let them go to work. I think there's that perception of the Dion program, fair or not. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to talk to people, like, how does he actually run his program? And I think what I was struck with is he has some certain, some little signatures that he does, and you can see those in the story. But – 
Andy, it, it was remarkably unremarkable in that they I've been around a lot of different programs. They run a lot like every other program. Andy, yeah, he has think, other there's other coaches on staff. It's not just Dion, and some of those guys have come up in a more traditional way. And he well, seems I, smart enough to be able to rely on the people who have the experience that he lacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. There's two main tenets of Dion's program is that, for one, you know, he was selling the HBCU dream, which certainly prompted a lot of the criticism of him leaving Jackson State. He was saying, hey, listen, HBCUs have been cast aside for a long time. Come here. Help us rebuild that. That was a powerful pitch. That's a big reason why he got Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter can do things at Jackson State, but he cannot do it at Florida State. And we'll see. I'm not so sure that Travis Hunter is, is going to just sort of, you know, walked his way back into the power five. I think that meant something to him. And I think obviously he has a relationship with TC Taylor, who is going to be the new coach there. That was one um, half of the, the, the cell. There's the coach prime effect. He's a magnetic personality. He really resonates with kids. And that was one of the things that I <clears throat> wanted to talk to when I talked to guys that had played for him is like, why do you care about him? He, you are 18, 19. He played, Long, I don't know when he'd retired. I mean, it was a while ago. It was Everybody else that gonna... played in his era has been forgotten from yeah. this standpoint. And yeah. yet you still care about him. And I think guys just still idolize him. I think there's the swag element of it, the jewelry. The, I think the I think their dads him. idolize him. Yeah, a there's, lot an, of them. there's an element of that. Um, but he does resonate. And you can say he doesn't or complain about why he does, but the reality is that he does. And there's that effect for recruiting. And then, of course, there's the, hey – I'm the best ever at my position. I know what it's like to be in the NFL. I've been through what you come, what you've been through. I can get you to the next level. And here's my staff that's got a bunch of NFL experience on the field um, and in coaching. So we're going to get you to the next level. Hey, SC Scott, I honestly don't think Dion is that good of an X and O coach. I think he was just able to accumulate talent massively out talent as opponent. So basically, Dabo Sweeney, because that's you just described Dabo and that, Sweeney. That right I there. think is that's what we're going to find out. That's that's yeah, what we're I mean, going to find out. Yeah. That, yeah, <laughs> that I think is the most interesting part of Dion going to Colorado is that the reality is he had a middle of the road G5 probably caliber roster made with some stars on top of that. Shadur Sanders, obviously Travis right. Hunter, which in the swack is going in to the, dominate. Yes. And so, yeah, like the guys that I talked to, were, yeah, we were just more talented than other people. Well, that's his entire pitch at Colorado. Well, but what does it look like when his talent isn't that much better, but also how much talent can he get at Colorado? And I don't think we have the answer to either well, of those questions. The- and that's part of why this this whatever the, the Deion Sanders saga at Colorado ends up being, it's gonna be fascinating and there's gonna be a ton of eyes on it. And Colorado has not been this relevant since, dare I say, nineteen ninety. So listen, the over under for the season win totals next year, do you know what it is? You wanna play the game against it, or I believe know? it's five and a half. I, five and I, a half. I, yeah. So like if people are sitting here thinking that like this is gonna be like a playoff team next year. Well like you're, well, you're misunderstanding. Now I'll say this, Ari, I don't think you're a playoff team, but wasn't the USC over under like seven and a half or eight and a half? Yeah, yeah. It was eight and a half. Um, so I don't think Dion is Lincoln Riley, but I'll just tell you, based on when you look at who is? But USC also had Notre Dame on their schedule in their non-conference. I don't know well, who call, sure, Colorado sure. opens with who again? TCU and Nebraska. TCU, they got right, Nebraska. Yeah. TCU yeah, and yeah, they host tough, Nebraska. Yeah. So here's the thing: the reality is that Colorado, when you look in the transfer port and you look at who is, well, I'm I'm in the portal. Here's what I'm looking at: Colorado is on lists that you would never expect. Because well, and and, and so Travis Hunter's probably going to go there. That's one. Yeah, we'll see. That's a big part yeah. of it. Um, yeah. But well, what do they you think he's going to do? That's what Dion said. We'll find out. We'll see. Um, but ultimately, you know, they they can they can do some things and 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 maybe they're gonna be better than people think. I, I think but I think eight wins would be better than what people think. I think well, that's but that's something I think that's that's not insane to me. That, yeah, that no, they it's were not the, insane. No. They were the worst team in the power five. This I would year. bet the over right now if I if I was betting on eight and a half? On five and, and a half. Oh yeah, five and a half. I absolutely would. Right we now. we yeah, we question. were we were putting Lance Leipold on Coach of the Year list for taking over the worst Power Five program in the country. Yeah, and we done quickly. And if anybody can do it quickly, so, it's Dion. Yeah. If, now if, here's the thing, though. If Colorado's bowl eligible next year, that's that's all. That's fine. But I, I will say this, and Ari Ari and I have talked about this. If he can accumulate talent, which I, I think he will, he can be in the top third of the league just by accumulating enough talent based on what the league will be starting in 2024. Like a USC list Pac-12, if you've got players, you're going to win eight games a year. And let's, let's, not, let's, not, let's not gloss over the fact that the Dion effect, whatever that looks like, there's not a lot of people that get sitting G5 coaches to come be an OC for you. 
Like, mm-hmm. that is an unbelievable thing. Like, I think the last guy to do that was, what, Pete Lembo, maybe? Uh, Dan, Dan Enos. Dan Enos? Dan Enos from Central Michigan, Alabama. That does not so happen very often. Well, it's going to start happening more often because Sean yes. Lewis had been trying to get Power 5 head coaching jobs, was mm-hmm. stuck at Kent State. He's more marketable as his next so he's, job. He's gonna get he's going to get more money at Colorado. Mm-hmm. And if their offense is good, he'll get all the credit. And, mm-hmm. and he'll get hired for a power five job. And that's somebody asked me on my mailbag last week. They're like, that seems like an odd path. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, only if <laughs> getting more money and getting closer to where you actually want to be is odd to you because, mm-hmm. and then I did the list of the, the coaches that have gone from power five coordinator to power five head coach and power five or a group of five head coach to power five head coach. Mixed bag. Ninth, I'm guessing in the last four years, 19 Power five coordinators have, have become power five head coaches and 12 group of five head coaches have become power five head coaches. I was trying to remember the last, the last coach. Cause like the last one who jumped from the Sun Belt to a power five job was, was Billy, Billy Napier, Napier going yeah. Louisiana to Florida. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember. I, I couldn't remember off the top of my head. The last Matt coach who jumped to a power five head coaching uh, job. It's been a while. It has been a while. I'm trying to think. The Mac hasn't had that Wonderkin. Is it? It's not PJ Fleck, is it? It is. is it, it is. It is PJ Fleck. Wow. Yep. I covered their bowl game at Western Michigan. Corey Davis, shout out. Yeah. So here's the thing about Deion Sanders at Colorado. There are a lot of elements, and everybody knows me as the stars matter do, but there are a lot of elements to winning football at a at a program, right? You got culture, correct hires, ability to make it through tough times, aka uh, the cliche of adversity. But there's one thing that there's a lot of things that you can doubt that Dion will be able to handle. How good is he of an X's and O's coach? Will he listen to his assistants? All these things that you could say could be the reason why this goes off the rails. But the one thing that I think all three of us can agree on is that like they have no doubt whatsoever that he's going to get dudes there, right? No, I, I have no doubts about that. I, and if I, you have no doubts about him getting dudes somewhere, that's 85% of the job. And yeah. like that is the whole thing. The, the reason why he is a hireable person isn't because of the YouTube channel. Well, maybe some some of it is to make it more recognizable, mm-hmm. but it's the faith that this person can bring in a level of talent that could not go to this program in previous years. That's it. But, That's but the I whole think, thing. I, I think it's it's weird. Like I read the comments on any story we do involving Dion and David's was no different. First thing, mm-hmm. why yeah. aren't you doing an investigation of Prime Prep? Well, the Athletic didn't exist when Prime Prep did, but a lot of other media outlets did, and they they covered it very thoroughly. The Dallas Morning News did a fantastic yeah. story. I, there's there's not a lot of meat left on that bone. And I think the prime prep thing is interesting. You know, that was pretty inexcusable. It was bad. Dion's not the chancellor of Colorado. I don't know. Like, I don't know what people. Well, they might make him. They might make him the chancellor. Yeah, in time. Yeah, that's true. But like, I, you know, like it was really bad and it did well, not work out. And they, they, they did a lot of things that uh, were not taking ownership of, of what was a failure. But I, you know, I don't think to say that this is a different endeavor is to excuse or cast aside that. I just think that happened. I don't think that's a secret. Right. I don't think he's. I don't think people are overlooking yeah. it. I don't think Hugh people are. Hugh Freeze just about got a, another head coaching job. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like it's a pretty forgiving business if you win and get players. Two weeks yeah. ago, I asked Andy on the show, and I'm happy that you're here now, David, to to weigh in mm-hmm. of whether or not Deion Sanders was going to be a heel of the sport, mm-hmm. and. When I wrote the story, too, was it last weekend about the first four-star that committed to him? Dylan Edwards, yeah. A Kansas lot of the comments were, can't wait for the House of Cards to fall. This guy's yeah, a Yeah, there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. What is it? Why, why do you think people seem to not like him or are rooting for him to fail more so than any other first-year coach, maybe outside of Lincoln Riley, who was the ultimate heel last year? Like, mm-hmm. But Oklahoma fans were rooting for Yeah, Lincoln yeah, Riley right, right. Fans of other schools didn't care. I don't think people cared, yeah. People were just okay. like, oh, Lincoln's a good coach. We'll see. Um, I, th- I don't think it's one thing, Ari. I, I, think, I think it is that he jumped the line in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. That he didn't pay his dues. I think that's part of it. I think that he doesn't talk like other coaches. He doesn't say a lot of, like, coach speak. I think – for whatever you want to make of the way that he, um, you know, conducts himself or runs his program and, and whether or not that is um, calculated or short-sighted or whatever you want to say, um, we haven't seen a coach like Dion in college football. And I think he opens himself up to criticism. And I think in the same breath, I don't think he cares about it. 
which is actually unique to a lot of coaches because he keeps doing things that people might criticize well, him for. Whether imagine, it's not, imagine you were the greatest cornerback who ever lived. Would you care what anybody thought about anything? Well, you did? And, I, and 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 for what it's worth, I think we should also discuss that all the stuff that annoys people about him is stuff that probably doesn't matter. Okay, he thought he got robbed his first game at Jackson State. It ends up right. that there was like a mix-up. Okay, he wants a reporter to call him coach sure. because, like, okay. Whatever you want to say that about was just that, stupid. Yeah, but like that doesn't that doesn't matter. It affects yeah. people's opinions, but but it doesn't actually matter. It certainly doesn't matter inside the locker room. And I think that's what fuels a lot of perception. And I will say, you know, I, when I you know when Dion was first first coming along the scene, I thought, well, this kind of seems you know it's tougher for black coaches to get jobs in this business. And you know, there's a lot of other people that have paid their dues, and I was kind of like, yeah. That kind of it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but I've talked to a lot of black coaches over the last year and a half since Dion has kind of been having his rise, and every single black I'm telling you, I have not talked to one black coach who said something more different than this. They just say the same thing: "Hey, we're rooting for him because if he succeeds, there's more seats at the table for well, us." And I, I don't, and I don't think that the everybody rooting for him to fail is because he's black because no, don't I don't think that that's part Ryan, of it. You don't get that with Ryan Walters. Like there might be, there might be a small element of that, right. but I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the main, I think it's thing. the jumping the line thing more, but here's SC scout guy in, in the chat. The reason people don't like him is because of the way he carries himself and has always carried himself. Yeah, that's, but that's also the reason the players like him. And you said Dion is mm-hmm. all about Dion first and everyone else. The second David, you talked to players who played for Dion at the school. He left. Do they think he's, about him first and everyone else second? No, I think that's – listen, there are players that I talk to that have played for other uh, coaches and transferred out of there that said, Dion cares for his players. I have been other places where I could tell the coach did not give a crap about me. Yeah. They didn't say it in so many words, but certainly they can tell, hey, I don't – this guy – well, What's funny is people's criticisms of Dion describe so many other actual – you do it quietly coaches. and more subtly yeah. than Dion yeah. does. Yeah. So. It's like, the, you know, and we, we keep saying, actually, you know, the, the big really thing with Dion is like saying the quiet part out loud, but it's like the, the Colorado coaches meeting that everybody was so fired up oh. about. As I if know, every like, other coach do does it. Every coach does program. that in his first yeah. meeting. That's been going on for 20 years, maybe longer. What are we We're doing? We're going to have shock and awe in the weight room and you're all going to quit. And then, yeah. everybody says that. Is there yeah. a, a sliding scale between how much a coach cares about other people but himself and the success they have? I mean, it's not tough. Really. Like it, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like the least you care about others, the better you are at your job. <laughs> That's probably <Yeah>. true. <laughs> I mean, it's like I think there's also an element of like I think there's in some ways this is true about college coaches, but like people always say that the most disqualifying thing about uh, uh, a president is wanting to be president. Like, right. I think there's something to be said for like if you want to be, be a one college of these coach, yeah. like. I, like just me and the way that I value my time and my, and the things that I spend my time doing, I cannot imagine coaching college football. It sounds like a terrible job. I love to write about it. I love to watch it, but spending my time worrying about 18 to 22 year olds doing the right things and doing the things that I taught them. And then trying to talk to other 16 and 17 year olds on the phone all day to convince them to come to my program like that that's sounds like a what bleak... I that's, that's my job. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a bleak existence to me. To like, yeah. hey, you know, yeah. I gotta text all these. I gotta get home at night and call twenty kids. Like, I don't want to do that. It would be tough because the thing about <laughs> it, it, our jobs that's so interesting is is that a lot of the things that we do uh, is predicated like our our results and our job is predicated on our work, and we're not relying on as many people. And when you're a college coach, you're relying on like fifty other people to do what they're supposed to do in order to be successful. And I find like that is the thing that would scare me the most about. Yeah. Antoine mentions the, the, the interview. So I know Nick Suss a little bit. I asked him about this. Actually. I hung out with yeah. him at the sugar bowl. Nick, last Nick year. Suss, by the way, good expert reporter. on, on sitcoms. That's good to know. I did not know. I that. mean, encyclopedic knowledge of interesting. Sitcoms. He has since moved on to cover the Titans. Yeah. Here's the deal with that is it was based on an assumption that is not true, which is that you need to treat me like you treat coach Saban. I think we've all interacted with Nick Saban. I've yeah. used the term Nick. Like we don't like, Say coach. Now listen, if he wants yeah. to be called coach, well, that's fine. It is what it is. But I think it was sort of like a almost like well, a no. It's of out of respect. You call a person what this is what Antoine is saying in the chat. Out of respect, you call a person what they want to be called. I watched the interview and the reporters being very condescending. No, if I say I would like to be called Little Lord Fauntleroy, <laughs> you have every right to say no. That's stupid. I'm going to call you Andy because Andy's your name. Yeah, you call by their names. Suck it up. Last like, <laughs> like, like listen, I, I, it was it was dumb. But at the end of the day, like. The I like I think it was built around this idea 
that, that everybody calls Nick Saban coach, which they don't. Not, that's just not true. Well, that idea that's happened because yeah. that one reporter yeah, freaked did. out that the one time two years ago. Oh, like, the guy, yeah. the guy who went fishing with Nick. If you Saban don't call him Nick, Nick, you call him yeah. coach. Yeah, it's just yeah. like okay, like, yeah, and we again, made fun like, of that guy too. Yeah, we and did. it's like whatever. Like he went fishing with him once. Did you guys? The stuff that? is not that important to reporters, and like you know, if it's gonna be a thing, like it's not the end of the world to call a coach coach if he's not my coach or whatever. But like, you know, that's that stuff got that got blown out of proportion. I think just because people have never seen that before. This is what I'm saying with the, the interest in Dion is that we're getting interactions and events and things like there is not a coach in college football that ends every pregame speech with now give me my theme music that is not I a thing i, 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 it's, I it's like fantastic. that and then he doesn't cuss <laughs> but he uses the word dern all the time which, by the way is gus malzahn so gus malzahn doesn't cuss but uses substitutes for every cuss word and it's a like people have a problem who play for Gus. It's like drinking like, O'Doul's. They have a problem keeping it together when he's chewing them out <laughs> because it's so funny. <laughs> you know what it is, guys? I'm just going to it's simple human nature. If something's yeah. different, if it looks different than you, right. sounds different than you, acts yep. different than what you're you're accustomed to, you're you're wary of it, you're afraid of it, you're mm-hmm. you're challenged by it, you hate it. Like that's I think that's, that's probably a lot of it. I think that's I think all it is. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's a good portion of it. But again, it's super interesting. Like Dion, again, I, I was talking when we were in Vegas. I was talking to some Pac-12 people, some Colorado people. I think it was their president. I can't remember who I was talking to, but we were just talking about the Dion thing. Or maybe it was talking about the Pac-12. But I was like, listen, I went on the Nick on the Paul Feinbaum show a week ago, and we spent a third of my appearance talking about Colorado football. I don't know that that's happened in the history of Paul Feinbaum. Ever. Exactly. They've already exactly. gotten their money back, guys. That's the thing. That's there's real if you, value. If, in if that. you actually think about like how much does it cost? to run an ad in the Super Bowl and to have a national ad campaign for anything. Yeah, it's a lot. Less than his annual salary, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Colorado's right already that. already got everybody knows Colorado now. Yeah. 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 No, and, and and that's that's part of the reason you do it. And that's why I think a lot of the the, the places that we're looking for coaches didn't quite understand that. Now like Auburn doesn't need to do that. Everyone's aware of Auburn football. Everybody knows what it is. Everybody knows what the expectations are. Uh but Arizona State needs to do that, and they didn't try. The Colorado brand has not been in good shape. And I'd like to see – you know, the graph that we need, Andy, is we need to look at over the last four years uh, Colorado's appearances on the Pac-12 network, and we need to look at their number of appearances on the Pac-12 network in 2022. Because oh, I bet well, you it's going to be very small. Well, the Pac-12 network is going to go away pretty soon. Yes. But, but, but that's always that, a good That, that TCU-Colorado game – so TCU, TCU at Colorado this year, and obviously we didn't know what TCU was going to be either. So it was Colorado it was just, at TCU. Colorado at TCU. No, no I'm talking about the first game oh, of this, this season. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Friday night, 10.40 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Yeah. I guarantee you it's in a better time slot next time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So guaranteed. Can't I want to see the TV ratings for the, for, the, for the Coach Prime games this year. They're going to be – like, listen, people care. This is almost yeah. like the I, – I, I think we're going to get to the point of the offseason, Andy, where it's going to be like the the Brett Favre, um, you know, LeBron sort of situation of like, why do you guys keep writing about this guy and talking about this guy? It's the same reason care, First man. Take talks about the Cowboys every day. People care. Like this stuff resonates with people. People have a lot of opinions, yep. and people are going to be watching and responding to whatever Dion does. That's just the reality. Starting Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Little on Lord, National Signing Day, Little Lord Fontelroy, is that what you said? That's what I said. Yes, <laughs> that's what I'm going to call you from now on. I, I love this SC Scout guy. I played for Lou Holtz in South Carolina. I guess he was just the polar opposite. There were no individuals. We didn't have names in the back. Lou Holtz is is recognized as like one of the most two faced people in college football history. <laughs> like, also he left every program on probation. Also, this isn't the cat skinning business, but listen. Yeah. Pete Carroll and Nick Saban exist in the same universe. Yeah. You can do like Nick Saban is not having Will Ferrell out there to catch punts at an Alabama practice anytime soon, but Pete Carroll did. Okay. Like they're both, both of them very good at their jobs. Yes. I think, I think because like we've talked about it, like Nick Saban through no fault of his own, I've called Nick Saban the Nirvana of coach of college football in that 
he's great on his own and he's inspired some terrible, terrible things in his wake. And a lot of that is that you have to run your program like Saban. Right. Fun is right. fun is get... illegal. Spoke, and like, spoken like a man who was on a beat covering Jeremy Pruitt's Tennessee team. <laughs> that's possible. My opinion might be colored by that. But we've seen a lot of that in the SEC of like, listen, like this is how we got to be. And this is what we're going to do. And if we stray one iota from this, we'll never reach Saban's level. Like Dabo runs this program very, very differently from Nick Saban. Like yeah. there, it's just, again, not a cat's getting business. But there are more than one way to get to the playoff. There just is. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Ari asked me a question on the phone last week. And after about two minutes of discussing it, I was like, we need to do this discussion on the show. This needs to be done on the show. It's an NIL question. After he called me a moron, but yes. (laughs) Did I call you a moron? I don't don't think I called you a moron. But I think David David will be the perfect referee for this because David's covered this subject pretty intently. And so it's an NIL question. And it, it... it's an NIL ethics question, which I don't think there's a lot of people asking those these days. But Ari asked one, and I thought it was really interesting. And it's we'll an talk about it. It's concept. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back. A little breaking news as we're recording this. Uh, Miami has landed a commitment from four-star running back Mark Fletcher Jr., 6'1", 225. The Canes beat out Florida for Fletcher so they can continue flaming one another on their various message boards and on Twitter, and all the Florida State fans can just kick back and laugh because they beat the hell out of them on the field. People have been yelling at John Ruiz like nonstop. I follow him on Twitter, and I feel like yeah, he's, he's, he's been tweeting somebody getting yelled at. He's very respectful of everyone when he, he, when is, he comes I, I back at them, too. It's funny. I never understand exactly what people are mad at him about, but somebody seems to be mad at him constantly. They're mad at him, They're mad at him for having a lot of money and for spending that on players – but that's legal, and it brings us to our question. So, Ari, let's set this up. So, you called me. So I, was I was on my way to North Park Mall in Dallas to buy. I was on my way to the Ari, orthodontist office with my son. You went to North Park Mall on a weekend I, I, in late December. No, this is, this is, this no, this is a Thursday at one. I'm a yeah. veteran, man. Okay, yeah. all right. Tip a cap. My bad. You know, I I went to the mall because I don't know how to wrap my own gifts, and Nordstrom <laughs> wraps them for you, even if you don't buy it at Nordstrom. And I was just like scrolling the phone at a stoplight and I saw this tweet and I don't know who tweeted it. Some reporter, I don't know, reporter. Person who uh, claims to be an international insider. International insider. I don't know what that means. But I'm it, technically we, inside we, the international. Right. If you're an international right. insider, it sounds like something the world could use. I don't know. I've never broken means. news in another country, so I can't be an international insider. And I'm sorry about but that. But he, he tweeted that um, Peyton Bowen, who we still haven't gotten to the bottom of his recruitment yet or where he's going to officially go on Wednesday, um, was going to pass on an NIL deal from multiple other places that could be worth more than $2 million bucks to stay at Notre Dame. Again, probably not true. But it got me thinking about a, a abstract world where that situation is encountered. And you, you're a coach at coach at Notre Dame, for instance. And a prospect is being offered an insane amount of money to go to other schools. And you convince that player to continue to, you know, stay firm with this commitment and come to your school as a coach at the program. That's not offering him $2 million. And again, Bowen probably wasn't making or going to get to. And you're also assuming that Notre Dame isn't getting any, no NIL money when you become a player. I just say 
for the for the sake of argument that there's a one and a half million dollar difference between what other schools are offering. Okay, that's fine. Your player. You talk, we're talking about upfront. We're not talking up about front. what you can yeah, make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking yeah, yeah. about like an NIL deal with guaranteed cash to come to the, just to simply come right. to the school. Yeah. Which of course would not are be signed doing... until after the person had signed their letter of intent. Because yes. we're not we're not accusing anyone of breaking any rules of here. Cheating. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but are you like being like are you a bad person? For steering a 17 or 18 year old kid away from two mil uh, guaranteed cash to come to your school. Like at a certain point as a coach, that's not offering anywhere near the same amount. Like, don't you kind of just have to let these guys go get paid? Like at, at what point are no, you just like, your, your job is to get the best players. That is Marcus Freeman's job. Also, mm-hmm. if I'm the head coach at Notre Dame, I am making it very clear that if you blow up at Notre Dame and become a great player, you're going to make a fortune in NIL. Like, there are a few schools. like, But blowing up in college is not easy. No. It's a hard thing to do. $2 million How many people front. already have, quote-unquote, bet on themselves? And that is what you were asking this person to do. And again, you're absolving the player of any responsibility here. I know, but the player one person's can take a millionaire. Who gets the player paid $9 million take the money, a year. But the player can take the money. And I'm they saying not from to. a moral standpoint, you are a coach at a program who's making upwards of $10 million a year. From a moral standpoint, your job is to get the best players. Yeah, all right. And if What's you the don't attempt to, you're, you're going to fire you from that job. Ari, the kid what has is got the... nothing away from $2 million. Ari, explain to me the difference. We're going to go pre-NIL era. If you are a coach at Purdue – and you are chasing a five-star quarterback who is committed to Alabama, or we'll not we won't say Alabama. We'll say committed to Lincoln like Riley. Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Okay, we'll say he's you're already on Riley. the east side. I can see it in your eyes. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. <laughs> no but and you're, you're already you're already committed. You're gonna, to Lincoln your eyes Riley will be open when he gets where he's going at Oklahoma. And you say, well, Lincoln Riley, you're going to be the number one pick. You're probably going to win the Heisman for the right court. You still have an obligation to chase mm-hmm. that guy, even if you're at Purdue and you say. Well, you're probably not going to do all those things based on the evidence, but you might be Drew Brees in the long run. You might be doing some cool things, and maybe that's true. Now, as far as what the kids should do and what you look – That I literally actually, never happens, by the way, but yeah. Well, but but Ever. it does. There's No, but okay. the guys don't convince them. They don't win that battle. But if you're committed to It might to happen when they're 15. It doesn't happen but, when they're but you want to say Yeah, but you want to say Jackson Arnold doesn't get calls from somebody every now and then or a text from a coach say, hey, you, you still locked in with Oklahoma? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's from Illinois, but yeah. Well, but but the concept is still the same. I think Why not? Shoot or shoot, man. Yeah. And if, and if you're Marcus Freeman, that is literally your job. Maybe I'm a bad person because I convinced my <laughs> wife to marry me when she could have gone with some rich guy. I mean, I, you're I, damn right. That's yeah. exactly that is there exactly you right. Or you are the Marcus out. Freeman in this scenario. I'm a Ari's, bad person. Or he's <laughs> living out his worst nightmare. Imagine, no, no, no. Imagine all the manner of dudes that Britt could be married to right now. <laughs> I know, but I make her feel good. They're Ari, hot. <laughs> they're rich. I'm hot. Ari, you're not even a VP in a hedge fund. What are you thinking? Listen. Yeah. I will say, though, as a kid's perspective, I'm going to go nuanced here. I, I think it depends on the kid. I there are too. some kids that's that if you I got said. $2 million as a freshman, that's going to be bad for you. I truly believe that for some kids it can be bad. For some kids, it won't matter. I, I think if you I'm love the sport and you're in a world in, where you set somebody financially for the rest of their life is a bad thing ever. But it's not – but that's the thing, Andy or Ari – I think when you I think when you give two million dollars to an eighteen year old and depending on their situation, that might not set them up for the rest of their life. That might set them up on a really bad trajectory, depending on the kid. Yeah. I'm not saying this is not an anti NIL, but it's not. A, but I'm just saying the reality is some kids are not ready for that, and well, some and, of and, them are. But the other thing is Notre Dame, Alabama, Ohio State, Tennessee, Texas. These are schools where if you do well as a player, regardless of anything you got up front. You will do very, very well. Have you ever heard of the same NIL? Uh, bird in the hand, two in the bush. No, never heard of it. Very, very <laughs> uncommon saying, Ari. Two Did million you dollars. Did you very up, I actually wrote it in my notebook. Uh, Ari, I don't actually disagree with you, but I, I think it does matter. I two think million dollars is a big bird. But but you're putting all you're putting all the blame on Marcus Freeman. If this guy, let's say this one, we all agree this this scenario is BS that it, that it didn't really happen yes. this way, but. You're putting, but let's say, it if, if it was real, you're putting all the blame on Marcus Freeman for convincing this guy to go to Notre Dame and none of the blame on the guy who 
chose to go to Notre Dame when he yeah. had many, many, many other options. At a I certain also point, think that there is a certain you have to make your own decisions. Yeah, you do. But one's a kid and one's a millionaire. So it's like, well, it's I will easier, say, all right, like, all right, on a smaller scale, I have, I'll pull some experience from my own life. Uh, I have taken a job earlier in my career that paid me a lot more money that did not really develop me in the way that I would have liked to have been developed when I was. 23 24 and i think if i had stayed made a little bit less money i think i could have been more developed to become a more complete journalist what if now, that job offered you two million dollars and then you were able to put a million dollars of it into an s&p 500 etf and live out the rest of your life but without are, not having think, a job and have are, another million about like a 35 year old yeah, though like 17 year old me with two million bucks would have yeah. thrown the bitchiest party ever <laughs> yeah and, no, Ari, I, and Ari, like honestly I'm going to say this with a straight face, and I hope it doesn't become a, a viral clip. $2 million is not that much money. Like, no, no, it's, it's you not. You can't, like, live forever off of $2 oh, million. Oh, you certainly could. You could go buy if a $300,000 house and live Well, live comfortably but, you, but in theory, life. you yeah. could. But, like, but in reality, in terms of how people just, actually yeah. work, you, and that $2 million is not a life change. Well, it's life changing, but it's not a life, like, it's not, not done for 50 life million. Anymore. Yeah, it does not go as far as, as most. I was just telling my friend on the phone that a million dollars is not what it used to be. So, like, I'm with you. It I'm definitely with you. isn't. But <laughs> I also isn't. do think that, like, God, it's just like I would have a really hard time, like, convincing somebody to come to my school. They blow their knee out and they don't get the two million. Ari, you didn't. But, like, but you didn't. Like, when, you, when you asked Britt to marry you, you weren't worried about her other options being so much better. <laughs> So he's got what, you. Like what would be the difference? Here, I mean, I'm the one who presented the example. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not chopped liver. You know, I mean, we're doing okay. Uh, I like Ari. If it makes you feel any better, I would marry you. I, I would marry you too, bud. I, I, it's all, I mean, love is not the same thing as financial security. It is for some people, uh, but like, I, uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I get what you guys are saying, and I, I think I'm with you on it. It's just like two two million dollars to a person who. Let's be honest. Most of the prospects uh, that are going through recruiting their families and, you know, they're not rich. They're, they're not rich. class yeah. or less. Some yeah, are rich yeah, yeah, and some yeah, choose to go yeah, to Harvard instead yeah. of some other, are other. most. The vast majority are not. Yeah, and it's the not even just the, the vast majority of people are aren't rich. Yeah. yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. think about right. all the people that could use two million that are 30 or 25 or 50. Yeah, I know, think like, like, like I said, like. Again, you can give me $2 million. You got a sick pool in your backyard. You're already winning. You got the pool. No, two, You're good. Two million, I, Domer puts up $2 million will change your life, but it that's not enough to just like pack it in. Right. You still have it. to work. It's not yeah. the end of everything. You, you got to yeah. build on that. So mm-hmm. it's just so much money to try to convince them not to take it. Like, I think if I were a coach, I'd just be like, but you're, but you're, but you're selling you'd them. You get on. fired. You would yeah, get fired if you I did know. that. That's that's you're the problem. selling them on delayed gratification, Ari. You're As Vaughn said, if Marcus Freeman lost a recruit because he told him to take the money, <laughs> Notre Dame would run him out of town. Yeah, I know, but I wonder if Marcus Freeman is washing his face at night in his six thousand square foot home with an infinity pool, and he's six thousand square feet is all that'll buy in South Bend. I feel like no, no, I'm sure, I don't know that. what he has. I mean, you I mean, can have going to be moat in South Bend. Twenty five thousand square foot. Let's get in the five. Let's get in the five digits here for him like, in South Bend making. Uh, God, whatever. that's just so much. What is money, he making? Man. Seven million, something like that. Yeah, probably? he's making. Uh, yeah, he's making enough to get whatever <laughs> house he wants in Indiana. I, I, uh, I, I don't know. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back. So we got a little more transfer portal recruiting news on three reporting just a few minutes ago. Haynes King, former Texas A&M quarterback, has committed to Georgia Tech. So Haynes King coming to the ACC. That probably means Jeff Sims not not coming back to Georgia Tech. Jeff Sims, by the way, he's been in the portal, you know, and he's been in the portal since before. Oh, nope. I'm sorry. Jeff Sims is is committed to Nebraska. That's right. I can't. I can't keep it straight. There's so many of these things. So, it's going to be a long off season. You're going to as need, long you're as last year was. File, man. Like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. We do need to keep that, or I need to have just the alerts on the foot. Ding, 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 ding. Well, I, I was bringing up Haynes King to get to Jeff Sims, and and so the fact that he's going to Nebraska makes 
very interesting because he was the one guy in the portal. And Max and I played this game. And you were there, Ari. We, we played that game with Max where yeah. we were trying to decide who we, who we would take out of the portal. Jeff Sims was the one guy we kept dragging up the top he, 10. He advanced quite, quite a ways there in that game. Yeah. So he's going to go play for Matt Rule in Nebraska. Haynes King moves to Georgia Tech to play for Brent Key. We still don't know where Hudson Card's going to go, right? I didn't miss that one while we were recording the show, right? <laughs> nope. Everybody Google it real quick. But so it, it but it's it's very interesting because it it just it creates this new hope. Like Georgia Tech, do you think they are sitting there going, Well, we've seen Haynes King at, at Texas AM, but he'll be different here. I think it's e- – so I would say – this. I mean, all this is sort of a Rorschach test. We've seen in the transfer market because on the one hand, A&M's offense was pretty horrid last year. Mm-hmm. And so that – well, then you can say, well, if we put him in a good scheme, obviously he'll come to life. The flip side of that argument is Connor Wegman looked pretty good the last month right. of the season. I kind of like what I saw from Connor Wegman, and he exactly. was still playing in the whole. He looked very. Co- he looked much more comfortable. I'm just saying, I'm not. Than, I'm not going to be. Right. I'm not going to be beating down the door and and setting calendar alerts to watch Georgia Tech football next year. But you know, it's probably an upgrade. One so, throw for every finger. <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, <laughs> and, right, and then, Bree, was that? I'm not. I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to be mean. But I. But well, I. Yeah, I want to be mean. You want to come Wait, at me on the show? It wasn't I'll mean to you. It wasn't mean how, to you. It was going to be. How mean excited to are we to watch <laughs> Shador Sanders versus Jeff Sims in week two? I want to know how good Shador Sanders I'm, actually is. This is so, like. Yeah, I, I, I really. Mean, I, not to get back on the end. I Shador might be the most interesting guy in college football next year. I got to say. Because for one, just the way that he's handled it, I uh, I was texting our colleague Stu Mandel. I said I think Shador might be the first player to ever be named starting quarterback at another program and then start a game for a different program <laughs> after being named the starter at another right. program. So like that whole thing is weird. But like Shador, like you know, he, we haven't we don't really know. Like you're not playing against great competition, so it's hard to really get a sense. But then you watch him really play, especially on a big stage of Celebration Bowl. Some of those throws, I don't care who you're playing against. He's making some unbelievable throws. The numbers are good. Like, I, I just want to see it. I, you you could tell me just about any possibility, and I think I'd believe it. So I'm, I'm in on – So, you know, Shador Sanders, Sanders is going to get to play next year. A quarterback who did come out of the transfer portal last year who had looked a certain way and looked very different in the new place, and that's Bo Nix. Bo I Nicks. thought you were going to say Michael Penix, who also. Well, uh, exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, Bo Nix, well, only because Bo Nix announced it as, you know, basically right before we started recording. Yeah. But Michael Penix and Bo Nix both are going to be there. And uh, it's the Pac 12 is going to be a quarterback league. They <laughs> had, a, the, they had the, like, the, they had their, their, their channeling early 2010s Big 12 energy. And I love yeah. it because they, yeah. that core reigning Heisman Trophy winner. That core at, at the top one. this year, yeah. USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. That was about as fun of a title race as we saw in the country this year. Agreed. It was Agreed. awesome. And those matchups were great. And I think it's only going to get better. And you get Nick's back. Penix back, Caleb Williams back. This is really and bad news for my USC bet, by the way. <laughs> got, I'm just saying, I am so excited we got ben, about the USC. We got Ben Goldbranson back in Corvallis. He looked good. He <laughs> we looked really have, good in the bowl uh, game. We have an entire summer to talk up a good Pac-12. <laughs> we do. Well, I, how good will they be? I don't know, but they're going to be fun. And they're going to be oh. the most entertaining league, I would say, next year, just based on the quarterback I don't alone. I don't think we have the dates yet on the games, but, the, you know, they play USC. Oregon plays USC at Autzen. That's going to be – that's going to be fun. I'm, I'm starting to sweat. I'm starting to sweat, man. <laughs> I, I'm so excited. You know, I, I don't I, – I'm with – I'm coming around on, on what you said, Ari, that, you know, people just get tired of the same person. And so I, I don't think Caleb Williams – like, he's going to have to really – Mm-hmm. up his game to win the Heisman. And and the team's going to have to be better. Like, the defense will have to be better. Like, I don't know, like, when it comes to the repeat Heisman stuff, and you guys tell me if I'm nuts, but, like, after Bryce won it last year, and, like, I think Bryce is still probably the best player in the sport. You say Bryce is better than Caleb or no? Not anymore. If you were an NFL team, if, if Caleb were, were available probably for this Caleb, draft, he's Caleb would get picked before Bryce, I think. Really? 
I don't think that. I don't think that. Rice is 5'9", 180. Yeah, there's but no, I think... There's I, no, cha- there's no yeah, chance maybe. if they were both available. Okay, but, but, but like, okay, but like, let's, but like, okay, but let's not talk about the draft, which can be very stupid. In 10 right. years, who's the better player? I, I think I go Bryce, personally. Oh, I think I might go with Caleb. But, but Bryce is the one I'd take this year. Like, mm-hmm. I, I do the podcast with Dane Brugler, Prospects to Pros, and I keep harping on just take Bryce. He's the best at football. Just because he, he is the best. Uh, Andrew Cooper, Caleb isn't that athletic. Is, is Tell me you've Lawrence? never watched Caleb Williams play without telling <laughs> me you've about? never watched him play. What are we talking about? Yeah, yeah. Drake, uh, Chris Callahan pointing out, Drake May would also be picked before Bryce. But that, wait that wait a true. second. W- but... What? <laughs> what did he say? There is a... There, <laughs> there, there is a... There is a, a lot... There are this Caleb Williams hating hive out there. It's fascinating. I don't think I'm aware of that. I got to be like, honest with you. If there was a way to hate Caleb Williams. These are all Oklahoma fan burners. There's no, no way. No, 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 no. It's not the path. I had an Oregon <laughs> fan tweeting at me on Friday, like, who firmly believes that Caleb faked the injury in the championship game. Like, I cannot believe he decided when they were up 17-3 that instead of just running around and blowing out Utah – that he'd run slower, take more sacks, and lose. Is that a reverse Willis Reed? Is that what that is? <laughs> I what? don't know. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, but there are people who actually believe that. Well, so no. Relative, no, relative actually, to... Andy, let's take this out. He he believed that he actually was more likely to win the Heisman because if they lost and then he cried after the game, people oh. would be more sympathetic, and then he would get more votes. It actually makes sense if you really think about it. <laughs> Man, it's just like Caleb Williams isn't athletic. Is he he's like fa- the most? Is, would you say he, that he is the he, second? Well, we know he most- produces the dumbest takes in the world. Yeah, like he might be the best runner of all the like <laughs> top fifteen quarterbacks in college football right now. Yeah. Was like that one play where he ran for one hundred and thirty yards on a six yard yeah. game. Um, I will say, what the original point I was going to make though is that like for how good Bryce is, and for the team that he's on. Bryce hype train was not really humming this year, even before they lost. You know, and I think my hottest take is that what Bryce did this year was almost more impressive even than what he did last year because he had so – they put a ton on him. He didn't have him. the weapons, yeah. He didn't have weapons. The offensive line somehow got worse. Like, mm-hmm. Bryce held it together. Bama might have gone seven or seven and five, eight and four. No, I, I, am, I am really excited about the Bryce Young era in Houston. Like mm-hmm. – I think like, it makes you will think get that... the Texans good and, and have them be reasonably good for a well, while. I've, I've always said, like, people, listen, I get the measurables conversation. I get big arm, big body. I get all that. I don't – I get where the NFL comes from and they think they can, you know, do all this other stuff. If you can process and if you can say, I'm trying to put the ball here and you put the ball there, if you can do those two things, you can live a long time in the NFL. Well, Chad Pennington can make a living in the NFL – Listen, we can anybody yeah. can, take can Baker, take Baker Mayfield. Like the first first game he gets thrown in on one day for the Rams. Like watch that last drive with Baker Mayfield. And Bryce is very similar, like similar. Like when he set foot on the field in college, you're like, yep, he's got it. Mm-hmm. You felt the same way about Baker. And I would feel the same way about Bryce in the NFL. Like he's just going to be able to make some stuff happen that, that may be a little bit off script and I think he's going to be pretty good. Accuracy and processing. Yeah, but, 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 like, but like again, accuracy and processing. That's to me. Who, who's a better comparison though? I mean, Drew like Brees? we're, trying to, we're, uh, we're talking about like NFL success. No, I'm talking about physicality, size, speed, I'm arm strength, with, I'm, well, processing power. Can we go young Drew like Brees? I might say young Drew Brees for our young Bryce. Young. I just think there's more. Well, Drew didn't have the opportunity to improvise. Yeah. At Purdue, the the way that that the quarterbacks now do. I imagine if he had, he would have been able to do that the, some similar things. So, I just know when I see Bryce, and when he doesn't have a guy hanging off of him, and there's a guy down there, he hits him every time. Yeah. The dude is money. Yeah, so, Vaughn asked better than better than Kyler Murray, different than Kyler Murray, not as athletic as Kyler. Yeah, Murray. Kyler, you know, not the raw materials that Kyler. But Murray I think has. people view people view Bryce as a Kyler Murray type clone. That's no, that's what people not accurate. Compare. Not no. accurate at all. Kyler, listen, Kyler, his his legs and what he can do with his legs. There are 
maybe three or four guys in the history of the NFL at the position that can do that. I mean, yeah. he's like a lesser Tyreek Hill in some way. Also, also Kyler's arm play. is incredible. Like yeah. Kyler's arm is better. Yeah, than I mean, I think Bryce is just more slippery. Nope. Is that a, you don't think nope. he's no, not even close. He's just it, more accurate. I think Bryce he's more is not as good Kyler. of an athlete as Kyler Murray. No, I'm not, not even saying close. he's more slippery like, than Kyler. I'm saying he's like more. I would but, describe him more as slippery. I it's think quarter- he has a better. No, I think I think what you're saying is I think Bryce has better pocket presence in terms right. of being able to do less to extend, whereas Kyler can just take off and nobody can catch him. No, but I'm saying like, Bryce, he, Bryce, Bryce is, Bryce is, is the guy you'd want in your locker room. Yeah, Bryce is the guy you'd want in your locker room. Bryce is the guy you'd want leading your offense. Like mm-hmm. the 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 person leading your offense, the person who is a captain of your team, Bryce Young walks in and you're like, yeah, that'll work. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not the same with Kyler Murray as we've seen in in Arizona. So that's the difference, and and that makes a huge difference. Like Kyler Murray, from a tool standpoint, is better than almost anybody else in the NFL. Mm-hmm. but that one piece of it's a big piece. So I would argue that, the most important piece. Exactly. Exactly. Like you don't get very often where you have like a Pat Mahomes or a Josh Allen that have the physical tools and that piece. Mm-hmm. So but I think, you can I get, I think you can get like far. Now. I think you can get far with the physical tools, but without the processing and decision-making, that will put a ceiling on how great you I think, can be. I think Drake May is way. better than all of them as an NFL Drake, prospect. Drake May, well, yeah, Drake. I don't know. Drake I mean, he's a I, very good athlete. Dude. Yeah, I no, mean, I, I know. I'm just saying. I, if I were to start an NFL friend, I'm in a dynasty football league, guys. Okay, yeah. so I know what I'm talking about. If I wanted <laughs> You're to, a general build, manager right now. Yeah, I'm yeah. a GM. I and my team just lost to Bill Landis today uh, in the playoffs. Joke. I want to they see Drake May behind a better over. offensive line. Yeah, I don't like. I, no, but I'm saying I'm you give... pick one of these guys to have the next ten years of their or the first I'm ten years Bryce of their NFL. Personally. You're I'm taking Bryce over Drake. I'm taking yes. Drake or Caleb, but no, probably Caleb. Bryce. I think Bryce is third on my list. No, I'm taking Bryce. I I I, I don't know what to make of, of Drake. I there's a there's when when you mean like a six when, foot four dude with a rifle cannon and an athlete. Yeah, but what do you make what do you field? make of the weird no shows? Like when Bryce has had bad games, it's because he's getting pummeled on every single snap. Like Drake, yeah. the, the Georgia well, Drake, Tech Drake, game. The, Drake also the, gets pummeled a lot. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. What I'm saying, but like I, the I would Tech like, I'd like to see like, him against a, playing behind a better offensive line. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably. What true. I'd, I'd love to see Drake may play on Alabama's team. No, not gonna happen. Yeah. Had a chance. Hey, yeah. wait a minute, guys. I don't, I, that's not a rumor. I just yeah. thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a rumor. He he was committed and he flipped, and he could have probably flipped again in, in transfer portal, but he didn't. Andrew, yeah. we can agree that Bryce is athletic, right? I, I think and I think Andrew can agree. Well, no, Andrew doesn't think Caleb's athletic, so no. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that Andrew should be consulted on any measure of athleticism. So, oh, gentlemen, this is going to be fun. We get it. Just think about okay. So we we mentioned Jeff Sims at Nebraska. Like that is built in hope right now for Jeff Sims and for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. We're gonna see more of this over the next week as these guys settle and they're like we'll see where Devin Leary lines well, that, up. Yeah, that's, that's gonna, I'm fascinated about this. That's gonna be the sport. There's gonna be 15 Adrian Martinez's every single season in perpetuity mm-hmm. of right. like. Well, here's this guy who out. can. Yeah, it's like, well, here's this guy who can do. Well, there, I mean, Michael Penix worked out this year. Would here's you say that Michael guy. Penix was uh, Adrian Martinez esque? Yeah, because oh, he could do yeah. some stuff and he showed some things, but also it wasn't really working out where he was. And now you're hitting reset and putting different things around him. And he turned out and, awesome. And how's this going to go? Sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's not going to go great, on, but it's uh, always interesting. People were patting Michael Penix on the back a lot during the COVID year. Well, sure, but then then he got kept getting and he got injured, hurt and their season and then he, fell yeah. apart. I mean, he made Indiana. Well, like, that's what I'm saying. He did some things. He had the nice little yeah. run there, but this year was his best year yet. I mean, he was look, he looked incredible. He looked way better this year than yeah. he did at any point during Indiana. He's and so, an arm for sure. like, yeah, he does, and he made some unbelievable throws like every game. And so, I think like th- it just makes the sport so much more interesting. Like, this is like, I, 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 whenever I talk to people, I keep saying this is. The best time ever to play college football. The best time ever to cover college football. The worst time ever to coach college football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is the sport right now. Is it now. the worst time? Because you still make more money than you ever made. Well, here's what I here's my counter to this, Andy. Is that for a lot of these coaches, especially the ones that get $20 million in buyouts and then go take a harder job, 
I don't think the money means that much. The money for a lot of these guys is more of an ego thing of like, I want to make more than this coach that I hate or the coach that I think sucks. I don't really like, and if you're stuck in the office until three in the morning and come back at eight in the morning, the next day, what is $10 million doing for you? Like exactly. So I get the money argument, but I actually don't, I don't think that for a lot well, of if coaches, only there were another you know place you could coach here. football and make a lot of money and not recruit or have to deal with the transfer portal. Yeah. Here's the problem with, with college football coaching now. It's three or four jobs in one. And well, I think it's and really, I really hard it's to It's closer find to being it. a Fortune 500 CEO than it is a football coach. That's and, I, and I think that you have to be good at four different things that are all vastly different skill sets, mm-hmm. which is why it's so hard to find the perfect. Right. Because somebody's good at one Nick thing, Saban but isn't is great at another. Is because yeah. Nick Saban is awesome at all of those things. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think there's very many people on the face of the earth that are good at two out of the four, let alone all four. Yeah. 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 And that's how you get bought out. Which, listen, let's be honest, that's the American the dream, dream. guys. We're going to yep. get there one day. I can hold out hope. <laughs> yeah. One of these days, I'm going to be paid millions to not coach. <laughs> Been a lot of fun. We got a big week for you because National Signing Day is this week. So Ari and Stars Matter will be two pushed times. forward. Two episodes of Stars Matter. One with you. One with me. Andy, I might be at the base of a mountain in an undisclosed state this week during signing day. (laughs) Just saying. I don't know where that might be. I I don't know. We'll see. I cannot wait to read that story and and buy a condo. I'll have you on to talk about it. (laughs) There's only so many mountains in the United States, and I'm not going to West Virginia. David Ubbin live at Red Rocks. Can't what an wait. awesome come up for you, by the way. Like, I, like there, there's a lot of people at our company. I, I like, you know, you're just the, you're just the golden listen, boy at the athletic man. What, what, listen, what a life you live. <laughs> spending time around Jeremy Pruitt and spending more time around Deion Sanders. There, there are worse, there are worse upgrades that one can that one can enjoy in this business. It's in terms not even of the people. Interesting coach. <laughs> Yes. And Denver's a really sleepy, good... You're uh, blowing up my spot, Ari. That was supposed to be subtle. Oh. It could be Denver. I don't know. Ari's being quiet now. That's on Denver. All right. Shit, man. Stay tuned for David's dispatch from Fort Collins. Also, you're not going to Denver. (laughs) Shout out to the Rams. See (laughs) y'all.